Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Joy Project podcast. My name is Krista Avampato, and I am your host. And I start conversations with people by asking them what brings them joy. And today we are joined by the lovely Kaylee Scoggins Herring. And I'm so happy to talk to you about joy. Kaylee, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Krista. It's an absolute pleasure to chat with you today. And thank you so much for producing something that is going to bring joy to others. Yes, I'm very excited. I'm One thing that I really hope for this podcast is that it gets people interested in new hobbies or, you know, encourages them to explore new things. And I'm always excited for all of these conversations. I have to say, when I saw your uh, form, your Google form come in about what brings you joy, I, it like stopped me in my tracks. I was like, wait, what, what? I don't know this woman, but I have got to find out who she is and what she does. So I want to start the conversation as I always do and say, Kaylee, what brings you joy? I am a creator, born and created from the creative uh, ooze of just being a person who's artistic and wants to do things with their hands all the time. And what brings me joy is making shoes, hand making shoes, hand sewing, hand dyeing, designing the patterns, all from scratch and from the creativity of my brain. And I picked that up barely a year ago. I am amazed. I, I will <laughs> say I don't I do not spend a lot of money on clothes. I'm not a clothes horse. I don't, you know, I don't even really like shopping to be perfectly honest. Um, but I do love my shoes. Like I have saved up for certain pairs of shoes. I have special occasion shoes. I wear my shoes until literally like they, I would have to like duct tape them to my feet to like get them to sound. Like I am not someone who's like, oh yes, I just bought these shoes six months ago and out they go. Like I wear my stuff and I wear it well and I enjoy it. And my shoes are one of the things that I really, really love. So I cannot wait to dive in and hear, how did you get interested? How did you learn how to do this? What is the process of making shoes? I have, I just, I'm amazed that you can like, I, and I, I love like DIY stuff. I'm not really all that great at it, but I really, I love the process of like trying to be a DIY person. I am so excited to try to make my own shoes. So I want to learn from you. Tell me what was that spark that you were like, you know what? I'm going to teach my, did you teach yourself? Did you take a class? Like how did that? Okay. So rewind actually three years ago. So back in 2018, I was doing the the realization of, I want a little change in my life. Like I, I want to learn something new. And I found out about leather tooling and I was like, oh, that's so pretty, where they pound the leather into the shapes. It's the very Western style where you always see the belts and you see the coasters. And I scheduled to take a class in it. And unfortunately, the class got canceled. So I didn't get to go. But instead, there was a swing dancing class that same day. And so instead of starting the leather tooling, leather making process, I was like, I'm going to learn how to swing dance. And I did that <laughs> significantly. And I was committed. I went to the shows. And then the pandemic hit. I was dancing for about year and a half or so. And I was a solid little swing dancer. But now that I was stuck in my house, I was like, well, I guess now is as good a time as any to try that leather tooling since dancing is not something I want to do as an autoimmune person and with just general pandemic. So I got a little booklet on it. I got the swivel tools and the, the, the mall that allows you to pound the shapes into the leather and I made a coaster. I was like, oh, this is cool. 
And then I designed a couple sets of coasters for some friends. So one I designed after several of the mountains and hills she liked to hike in our hometown. Another one where it was all travel themed because she's a little travel person like myself. Figured out there was painting opportunities where you can paint the leather as well after you've done it. And I got these really gorgeous colors and shades and styles. And then I was like, this is too easy, I'm bored. <laughs> wow, so you were like, okay, so now you had the basics down of kind of working with leather as a new yeah. material, yeah, I, right? And so what was the the switch of like, you know what, I think I'm gonna try, was it that you tried shoes next or did you go to something else? I went straight to shoes. So I was scrolling on Pinterest like you do when you've got nothing to do with your time and you're a creative person. And I found this one woman, a uh, second skin blog, her name's Nita. She's, her book is great. She created this quick little download booklet where she teaches you all of the paraphernalia you need, all of the steps and stages and how to design the patterns for custom little derby shoes. So those are like this style, the Derby Oxford. She teaches you how to make boots and gives you all the steps and stages you need to dye, to cut, everything. She tells you everything and has perfect pictures that show you exactly what you need to do. Chef's kiss perfection. Amazing. That was January of 2021. And then I went on the grand splurge of okay, let me buy all the pieces and things that I need, like leather dyes and all the sewing pieces, because I don't have a, a sewing machine that's capable of sewing leather. So every hole that I make, I make by hand. Every stitch I do, I stitch by hand. And I just started working. I decided I want to make a nice little pair of green ones. I'm in love with emerald green. It's one of my top two favorite colors. And I just created these it took me about five months to make my first pair i am in awe i cannot believe that you're just like oh, i'm gonna work with leather which is i think to me feels like oh like what an intimidating material to work with i don't know why i feel that way but it feels intimidating to me and then you're like i'm gonna dye it and paint it and like hammer in designs and i'm gonna make gifts for people <laughs> and then you're like and now I'm going to make my own shoes. I just think this is incredible. And it's, you're totally self-taught. You actually didn't end up ever taking a class. Like you use this, the, this woman's blog and her book and her pictures and things like that, but you really like experimented and like learned how to do it all on your own. The first pair I did entirely on my own. And then as 2020 came further in as June hit and it was like, I can go outside. I'm vaccinated. Other people are vaccinated. I met with a cordwainer slash cobbler. So cordwainer are the people who make the shoes. Cobblers are the people who fix the shoes. Um, oh, I didn't know that. How interesting. It's yeah. called a, a cordwainer is what it's called. Yep. How and they actually design the shoes and make them. Yep. Interesting. So you met with somebody who does that. I happened to find his shop when I was on vacation down in Sedona. Uh, his shop is Double H Leather in Prescott uh, Valley. And Steve was amazing. He showed me the back of his shop. He was like, this is how you do the weft, which is a proper way of attaching the sole to the upper of the shoe, which makes it waterproof. It makes it stronger. It's a hand done way that they've been doing since like before the 1800s. This is a very historic, obviously project. He showed me all the things. He taught me a bunch of stuff and then just like scooted me out the door. And I was like, I need to know more. I need to know more. <laughs> wow. So then what did you do? Then I went to Colorado in October and met with this woman who 
is incredible. She, they own the Colorado Shoe School and she just did a one-on-one entire day training with me. And so she taught me how to last better, which lasting is you. The last is the shape of the shoe. So oftentimes they're made of wood or plastic and then you shape the leather around it. And while the leather is wet and stretchy, you then hammer the leather to the bottom of the shoe, which stretches it properly, makes it nice and smooth, gives it a nice shape, and you let the leather dry, and that's how it maintains its shape. So it's moldable and flexible when it's wet, and then it solidifies into the shape you leave it in when it's when it's dry. Where, where do you even buy leather? Where do you get that from? There's a myriad of places you can go. You can go to, I bought my first lots from Etsy, um, I ordered some from the local leather shop that we happen to have in my small town. And then my favorite place that I've just been to is Savmore or Save More Leather in Los Angeles. It's this giant warehouse of a space and it was just like wonderland of, oh, wow, look at all this veg tan leather that I can buy because I exclusively use veg tan leather, um, which is a little more natural, isn't chrome tanned. And I just did it because when I was reading uh, Nita's book, she talks about how good it is for breathability and reduces fungus and all these different nice things. And I was like, okay, that that seems good. I, I'll go with that. I'll trust her. That's incredible. And when you say the leather is wet, do you literally, uh, do you dunk it? Like, do you submerge it in like water or like a kind of solution or something in order to shape it? Crinkled water. And then you get it really wet and soaked. And then that's how you shape it around Tell me again the name of the mold. Alast. It's Alast. Alast. Mm-hmm. That is, and the last I assume then is like uh, their sizes, right? Like five, six, seven, eight different sizes. And then you mold it around that and you just, you have to let it then dry. Mm-hmm. You let the leather dry. Okay. Uh, Got it. And yeah. And so the last will even have like different toe shapes. So if you want a big old square toe versus a nice round toe or an almond, they're also the one I'm presently holding, uh, you can see that it's a little heavier on the toe because it's actually meant to have the little heel. Some of them are completely flat. Um, mm-hmm. And so that enables you to build with heel, without heel, or whatever the case may be for the shoe you're trying to make. That's amazing. Is there a lining on the inside or you're sewing the pieces of leather together? How does that work? You can do with a lining. So I've done a couple of these with linings. I've chosen... Luckily enough, when I was working with Annabelle over at the Colorado Shoe School, she was like, you can do linings. You don't have to do linings. And after doing two linings, I was like, I don't really know if I ever want to do linings again. I ended up doing linings for this pair because I was able to then bring the lining on the outside and have it be a nice little thing. Plus, this is all canvas. Mm-hmm. Um, so having a, a leather lining as a support for canvas means that it just holds its shape a little brother, better. Yeah. Um, Whereas without a leather lining, it's just like a, a converse where it, it moves and it breathes really easily. And so you stitch and you do all your own hand stitching. So you take the awl, that's, that creates the holes in it, and then you hand stitch all of the shoes together. Oh, yeah. And when you have something like these boots, it's quite uh, demanding. Yes, that's a lot of work. In the old days, when you were becoming an apprentice shoemaker, they would not tell you to powder the last, and then you wouldn't be able to get your shoes off your lasts. And then you'd always remember forevermore that you need to powder them. Oh, interesting. So it's almost like when you're making a cake and you like flour, like you grease and flour the pan, it's kind of the same thing with the last. Exactly. It was the same thing. Good comparison. <laughs> 
and so then you've made the upper yep. and then you soak that and then you put that around the last yep. and then you're shaping it so that it like conforms to your foot better yep. essentially and you since it's all obviously it's not very movable right now but you then start nailing it down so it starts to develop the shape you're pulling it and you have these lasting pliers which you use to pinch and pull the leather down and over and so you're getting that tension so it has that really nice tight shape around the last and then you hammer nails into it so that it stays wrapped around the last and gains that shape that you want and then you let it dry and then you let it dry and you take the nails out and then the you start gluing or you've already have the sole the insole so the the part that your foot is touching you already have the insole attached here you glue it along there and then you glue a sole on top. Mm -hmm. um, so that's the that's the method I use. There's also methods where it's a stitch down and you stitch it to the sole. Um, you stitch the upper to the sole and then there's a welting where you stitch in where it's still wrapped around the bottom of the sole instead of wrapping out. There's a myriad of different methods, but it all attaches the sole to the upper. With the nails, how do you, then how do you get the last out? Are you nailing into the last or no, you're nailing it into the sole? You're nailing it into the through the sole and into the last so it really holds it in shape but once the leather is dry it can hold its own shape on its own so you can take those you take the nails out and then glue it to the sole so that they stay together and do you have to have a last for every pair of shoes you make or can you use the same last over and over again you can use the same last over and over again so i have three lasts presently i'm trying to accumulate more so let's say like you were making um pretty, I mean, I say simple pair of shoes. I mean, it all sounds very complicated, but if you were just making like a simple kind of like canvas converse type sneaker, how long would that take you to hand make that kind of shoe? It depends. So because I work full time, these are all things that I do in my spare time. Um, I think I did, I cut out the fabric and I cut out the leather beforehand, but I think I did the dye, sew and turnaround in a week and a half on these, wow. just working. That's incredible. And then what about something that's more complicated? Like you have leather boots that have cutouts and eyelets and things like that. How long would that that type of, of shoe take? This one has already taken me about two weeks just to cut okay. and sew because there are so many holes and because sewing through through fabric when I couldn't see it, it is an in-depth process. and these are the first pair of boots I've designed. I've not done anything that ha that went over my ankle, so this is novelty for me. But these have taken easily two weeks just to cut and sew, and it'll probably be another week. Um, I'm hoping to last these today, putting out some more content on my social media that I've just established for this. Oh, that's so exciting. And now, is where is your social media? One For one reason, I'm selfishly, I'm like, I'm going on there and I'm consuming all of this media and I cannot wait to make my first pair of shoes. I'm so, this brings me so much joy. I like can barely sit in my seat and talk to you. So what are, what is the, what's the social media handle that people should go to, to see your shoes, to learn how to make their own? So I'm at Archivixen. It's a portmanteau of Archivist and Vixen a giant box tattoo on my hip oh my god i love it uh, at archivix and shoes all one word um so you're working on these boots now that go over the ankle which i'm very excited about do you have a dream pair of shoes that you want to make so i have this dream of these pair of shoes i have a beloved friend who dyed her hair these incredible shades of pink and blue in the middle of the pandemic it was like the true calling of her heart she felt most attuned to that 
and her hair reminds me of we come from the same hometown and it reminds me of this beautiful art deco theater it has the whole theater is bright pink it's called the fremont it's in san luis obispo it opened in 1942 and it has a marquee of these elegant art deco swirls and shapes and it's just stunning she also loves and rocks black combat boots like no one i've ever seen in my life <laughs> so i'm like how can i blend these two things and miraculously enough there's a thing called edge paint with with shoes so it just paints the edge of the leather if you've got thick enough leather it shows that so the dream is to design a pair of like black combat style boots but having these elegant cuts and swirls and shapes still all in black but the edges are all painted with the original neon colors of that marquee and so it's only as she moves and as i've cut and done a little bit of leather tooling hopefully into the leather so that as as she moves and dances because she's also a swing dancer um you will be able to see these these shocks of pink and powder blue and baby violet and periwinkle going along the outlines of the swirls and the shapes of that art deco gloriousness will that be the first pair of shoes that you've gifted to somebody else have you made any gifts of shoes so far are you still working on you're like are you still perfecting your craft and working on them for yourself i did make a gift of shoes it was one of those happenstance magical things so I ordered a pair of last and I was like, women's size eight, please, because I'm not going to make anyone else suffer my baby amateur shoemaking. Unfortunately, unfortunately, they sent me a men's size eight, which is like a woman's size nine and a half, ten. I have a friend who happens to have have like that as her shoe size. And she lives in Oklahoma and I had already taken the shoes off the last and I was like, oh, these don't fit. These don't fit at all. I did not have the foresight. I did not even like measure my foot against the shoe before I was like, I want to make the shoes. So I had this pair and I was like, well, hey, 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 Jackie, hey, Jackie, what's your shoe set? This is, this is right, right? Send them off to her. And she's like, they fit. They're a little, like they, they need to be expanded a little. And I'm like, that's okay. Send me an outline of your foot because this is how I, you can make bespoke shoes. So they're made, bespoke means personalized, made to fit you specifically. And I can make, I can attach little things to the last itself. So let's say you have like a one baby toe that pokes out and it always starts poking out of your shoe. Make a nice little chunk of space so that it's a little wider at the toe and so your shoes would fit you better. So I can expand the last itself so that the next pair of shoes I make for her will fit more comfortably and she won't have to stretch them out originally. Do you design all of the shoes yourself, like the patterns of them? Oh yeah. So these, this is a, um, on Spoonflower, they have these amazing designers who design all the things. This one is Triceratops Dennis. Oh my God. So sometimes are you, are you designing that fabric or are you buying that fabric? And you're like, oh, I'm going to design the shoe based around this fabric. The latter. I found the fabric, fell in love, and then saw 1940s shoes that had these beautiful flower cutouts. And so I made that into the toe cap, expanded that, and did the same design on the on the heel cap as well because I wanted that the delicacy of something hyper -fem feminine, like from the 1940s, with the juxtaposition of "Hey, I'm weird as hell. Check out my dinosaur shoes." Totally appreciate that. Do you make the pattern also, or are you buying the pattern? I design the pattern. Wow. And do you do it the way that like a dress designer would make a dress? Like, is it all on, is it on like some kind of tissue paper? Like what, what do you, what do you actually design it on? So it's pieces of paper. There's a process where you called taping the last, you 
put tape all over it and then you cut the tape off. And when you lay the tape on the piece of paper, you have a perfect cutout of how you need to cut fabric to then cover the shoe. You end up sketching out what the shoe would look like. What about the soles? What do you make those out of? Since I intended to make these for dancers, um, swing dancers, we really like having leather uh, as the sole because you, you get that nice shuffle and swivel and movement when you're moving. So all my shoes are leather soled. With that intention, I can do something and buy a, um, a plastic one or even at the Colorado Shoe School, they took like conveyor belt and like recycled conveyor belt, cut it out to size and glued it on the bottom of the shoes. So you're recycling uh, something else and recreating it. I've seen people actually use tires, like cut up tires and put it on the bottom. I'm just sticking with leather because it's the easiest to dance in. That's such an interesting point is that this craft of making shoes, you can upcycle materials. So much. I've seen people who have gotten secondhand couches or taken a leather jacket that they love that is ripped and torn in places and will use that to make shoes. Exactly. Yeah. I'm thinking about like scraps of materials that you're like, what am I going to do with this leftover? And then what about the heel? What is that made out of? Everything's leather. It's all leather. So you stack pieces of leather on top of each other and glue them together. Oh. And then you, uh, take it to a belt sander and you sand it all fat, flat and smooth. And there you go. That's amazing. I had no idea. So that's all leather too. So it's like, it's the leather on the outside, but then even to stack up the heel, it's just like pieces of leather stacked up on top of each other, glued together and sanded to make it smooth. You can buy plastic ones. You could buy wooden ones. The main shoe designer for American Duchess shoes, she makes, she hand carves each of hers out of base wood. That's amazing. And then she puts leather around it or no, just does the wood. Sometimes she'll do fabric. If it's something more like a, a satin covered, like sweet little slipper, it all just depends on what kind of shoe you're, that she's making in her case. I'm very, very passionate about sustainability and, and I'm pivoting my career in that direction. And I love this idea of upcycling because apparel and shoes, it's, it's a lot of waste in that industry. And so being able to upcycle materials and make these like custom designer shoes and it is always you know when you're shopping for shoes you're like nah, I don't quite like that pattern uh, it's not exactly the color oh these don't really these aren't comfortable like they don't fit like I can't in New York we walk everywhere and so if you can't walk in shoes then wearing your flip-flops or your sneakers or your comfortable shoes and then like carrying your shoes with you in your backpack and taking with you and I always you know many times it's hard to find shoes that are super comfortable and also really beautiful. It's sometimes that those two things just don't go together. And I also feel like at this point in my life, I'm not wearing things that make me feel uncomfortable just because they're cute. I'm like, nope, I think that we can have all of that. I think that we can enjoy the experience of wearing them and have them look really cute. I think that it's okay to want all of that. This was such a fascinating conversation. Kaylee, thank you so much for sharing what brings you joy. And this is just amazing. There is one thing I'd love to share still. The shank that supports the, the bottom of the shoe. I was told by a teacher that you should, there's a special note that you can always write on the bottom of the shank, something that's between you and the wearer of the shoe. For these pair, I wrote on one shank, one step at a time, and then the other is, we're building a staircase. 
because sometimes when you're anxious, you have that moment where you can only handle, I am just taking one step right now. That is all I can. That's all I can do. The person who's wearing the shoe doesn't necessarily know that you put that image, that, that saying in there, but you know, it's in there. I know it's there. And my greatest hope is that if I can continue to do this and do this for friends and family members, I will give them that note so that they can hold that and know as they step into this pair of shoes, okay, this is the motivation this is the strength that is walking with me today i love that i love that idea and i love the idea of i feel like there was a movie ironically and i think daniel day lewis was in it also daniel day lewis makes shoes he left yeah. that scene to learn how to make shoes and i think he was a tailor the last dressmaker yes and there were hidden messages inside the clothing yes wishes you have for the wearer. Kaylee, I could not love you more. I just think this is so amazing. Like my mind is like literally blown. I'm like, oh my God, I want to design my own shoes. Like this is how I get, like I learn about people's passions and what they're excited about and what brings them joy. And I'm like, I want that. Like I want that in my life. <laughs> well, I'll encourage you to check out the Brooklyn Shoe School, which is very near to you. Uh, they have like one day, I think they've got like a one day class where you can make sneakers and three day courses where you make something more like a derby. Um, yeah, they have space. They teach you exactly how to do it from, from drawing to walking. I mean, this is it. I'm literally, when we hang up, I'm like running over to Google and like the Brooklyn Shoe School, please let you be open after the pandemic. Sign me up to take that class. They've started classes again. They even have Marcel Mastron. I cannot pronounce his name. My apologies, Marcel. An incredible multi-generational shoe designer from Hungary who like does this professionally and has a two-day class. Like I wish I could be in New York for that class. It's in May, I think. Kaylee, if you ever get to New York to take a shoe class, you have to tell me. <laughs> because one, I want to see all of your fabulous shoes in person. And two, we have to do like something related to shoes. Like this is just opening up my mind of like, oh my God, what if I could just make my shoes? I don't know where I'll put them in my tiny apartment, but I also don't care. Like <laughs> uh, if you're making shoes with baby heels, that is when you do um, crown molding and you attach it to your wall and then you hook the heels on the crown molding. So your shoes are on the wall and they hang in the most beautiful fashion you will ever see in your life. Yeah, you have all of the answers. <laughs> That's it. You have all, the, this is how you make shoes. This is how you display shoes and your shoes are, they really are like works of art. I mean, they are absolutely gorgeous. They're stunning. Kaylee, thank you so much for coming on the Joy Project. Please come back and share your joy with us again. I don't care if it's shoes or something else. This was just the most lovely conversation. And I so, so, so appreciate the time. I hope that listeners, they can have the shoes of their dreams. Thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much, Krista. I can't wait to make shoes with you at a future time. <laughs> exactly. Thank you, Kaylee. This interview with Kaylee was one of the first I recorded for this podcast. She was so patient and kind and lovely as I struggled with technology and sound and recording. I cut all that out, but I had no chill during this interview about Kaylee's hobby and her gorgeous shoes because they are incredible. I left all that enthusiasm in, even though I sound so silly in certain parts. Hey, this is Unbridled Joy, and it's what this podcast is all about. Please check out Kaylee's stunning work on Instagram at and Shoes. She rattled off so many amazing resources for this episode, and they're all on the website for this podcast, kristaavampato.com slash joyproject. You can find me on Instagram at kristarosenyc, on Twitter at kristanyc please pop in and say hi. I'd love to hear what's bringing you joy these days. Thank you so much to Kaylee for joining us on The Joy Project and sharing her joy with all of us. 
I hope that you, dear listeners, are all finding joy in your corners of the world. I'll be back in two weeks on November 29th with another episode of Joy Project. Until then, stay joyful, and I'll talk to you soon.